0: Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likutei Halachas Yoredeya Sheni Chodosh Halacha Gimel. We're in middle of paragraph Yud In my version, it's the sub-paragraph V'Alkein Nesborich Yaakov MiYitzchok BaBracha referring to the bracha that Yitzchak Avinu seemed at first that he wanted to give it to Esav, and ended up giving it to Yaakov Avinu. We dedicate the to learning today to Eliezer Reb Nosn Ya'akov and Yente Fradel Bas Rabbi and Zehav Bas Rav and also for a complete Rufuah Shalema for all those that need it including Chaviva Chana Bas Galya, Rochel Bas Menachem Ben Rishabasha, Chayabrocha Bas Perro, Bas Yente Soro Yente Bas Yechiel Michel ben Chanarus, David Michel ben Frida, Chaim ben Rachel, Rafu Shalema for Shalema ben Rivka Sprinzer, Shmuel ben Levana, Leib ben Jenya, David ben Behia, Shendel baslea, Yaqub Yeshu ben Freindel Rechel, Shloman Isim ben Masel, Rivka basienta David ben Chana, Sore Yitel bas Chanariva, Betsali Chiel Michel ben Chiachava, Yehudis Ruchoma bas Chavarus, Sorucha bas Yuspendel, Avigalan bas Yuspendel, Gitaganendel bas bas Michal Sorabas Hadassah, Idis bas Miriam Brindel, Chayam Aryeh ben Brocha, Akiva Kalman ben Soralea, Dovid Leh ben Shaina, Borach Mordechai ben Tali, Fruma Bas Genessa, Abi Vachaya Bas Esther Mindel, Daniel Boruch Ben Soro, Besor Israel. V'Yisrael. <coughs> Rav Nossenzel continues his explanation, Alkein is Boruch Yaakov Mi Yitzchok In the previous year, we spoke about Chesed and Gvura. We spoke about the fact that water is Chesed, and rain originates, it's water it originates at Chesed as Chesed, but it passes through Gvura. And there has to be a Hamtoka, a Hamtoka of the Gvura, a sweetening of the Gvura in order for us to be able to receive this blessing of rain. We spoke about that quite a bit in the previous year, and Ram Zal is going to continue clarifying that a little bit. Kise Ikur Shal Yaakov, because this was the real essence of the bracha that Yitzchak Avinu gave to Yaakov that he should be to overpower, to defeat Esav who represents the sitra achra who represents the body compared to the neshama and Esav represents eating improperly as we find when Esau came into the house, after killing Nimrod, he said to Yaakov Avinu, min ha'odoyim ha'odoyim He said, feed me from this lentil soup that you prepared. But he didn't see, he used a very strange word. Hal'otah, Rashi says, means shovel the food into my mouth. Like when a, a camel is about to go out for a, a three-day trip or a four-day trip, and they stuff the camel to be able to, to travel without having to eat for a few days. This is what Esav, this is the term that Esav used, shovel the food into my mouth. Bechinas, his gabrus hadin. This represents a strengthening of the Midas Hadin, Shuhu bechinas Odoim, which is redness. That's why Esav referred to this lentil soup as ha ho'odoim. That's what he wants. He wants din ve Yaakov nisporach However Yaakovinu is the one who got the brachah from Yitzchak Le keYaakov Al beraisov that Yaakovinu should succeed in defeating Esav Shehu bkhinas his gavora sanaf shalaguf This is an example of the soul overpowering the body Shezehu bkhinas gidlo hatsameach al idei gvuro and this is similar to what we spoke about in the previous year about plants and trees and vegetation growing through the rain that's coming from Gvurois. Bechinas, as the Pesach says in the beginning of Parshas Bechukosai, in Im Bechukhoisai teilechu, Hashem says, if you will follow my laws and my mitzvot, then the earth will give forth its produce. This is the bracha that Yaakov Avinu received. haShamayim May Hashem grant you, give you from the heavenly dew and plentiful grains and wine. Other nations will serve you and be subservient to you. chad because it's all one. The bracha of the blessing of food, of produce, and the defeat of our enemies. And this will also explain why these special bracha, this Veyiten Lecha, which is a famous thing in Klal Yisrael, on Moitsoi Shabbos, after Shabbos, we recite a few pages that begin with these words Veyiten Lecha which means because we want to start the new week drawing the brachas from Shabbos Kodesh into the six days of the week. So Yaakov Avinu had to receive these brachas specifically from Yitzchak. Because Yaakov Avinu was through his Torah and mitzvahs to be able to sweeten the Gvurois, the dinim of Yitzchok Avinu. Yitzchok is called pachad Yitzchok. At Shekibel Mishom Daiko Esha To the point where Yaakov Avinu was able to receive via Yitzchok, via the Gvurois, the Brochos. Sheheim Bechinas his avus nefe shalaguf. The Brochos are an example of the soul overpowering the body. Bechinas hamtokas hadin which is an example of a sweetening of the din, mm-hmm. whereby the aspect of din, judgment, gets turned into kindness. That's what the bracha of is really all about. And based on what we're learning here, we'll be able to understand why it occurred to Yitzchok Avinu to want to give the Brocha to Esau. Ki kavonas Yitzchokoyo Yitzchok Avinu's intention was he was hoping that Esau would convert. Ki hoyasovur she'efshe Yitzchok Avinu thought it's possible even for Esau to convert. She'ye nepach el ha'kidusha. That he should be turned around completely to join the camp of holiness, ki Esav hoyamate Esaviv, because Esav worked very hard to try to fool his father, kitzayed Bapiv. It says he hunted him with his mouth. The Tagum says that Yitzchak would eat from the hunting of Esav. Vyalkane Omarloy, and that's why when Yitzhokovin was preparing to give the Bracha to Aesov, he said to Aesov, first, Hoviali Hovialit Said, bring me from your hunting Vasili Matamim Voychel and prepare for me delicious food, and I'll eat. Because Yitzchok Avinu thought that Esav's intentions were good. The fact that he was bringing food to the tzaddik, to Yitzchok Avinu to eat, was that Esav was hoping this way that he would be nichlal in the Kidusha as a result of Yitzchok Avinu eating from the food he prepared. Because the truth is, mi shezochel lahachil es hatsadik ulafarnasoy, a person who has the privilege of giving food to a tzaddik or giving parnasa to a tzaddik, bevaday yochel liskoysalideize lechuba shleima, that will definitely help that person be zochet to complete tshuva, which means lahachnia haguf ulahalo esanefish. To, to lessen the body and elevate the soul. And this is what the Gemara refers to when the Gemara says, that the main reward for a fast is the of the charity that's associated with it, which Rav speaks about over there in chapter 37 in Likut Imran, which this halacha is based on. The main goal that we're looking to achieve in fasting, which is elevating the soul by subduing the body, by not putting fuel into the tank of the body and allowing the soul to go higher and higher. The main main accomplishment of that is dependent on stokka. Because, as we learned earlier, one of the main ways that we defeat the ra, the negativity, the guf, and elevate the nefesh is by eating bigdusha through holy eating. And therefore, when a person gives away their money and thereby they're decreasing from their own ability to buy things for themselves, to buy more food for themselves or better food for themselves. Because had the person held on to the money and not given the tzedakah, they could have used that money to satisfy the desires of their body. And the person in giving tzedakah is breaking the desire of their body. And they're giving that money to a Talmud Chocham who's involved in learning Torah and serving Hashem. And when we look at these two people, The Talmud Chacham and the non-Talmud Chacham, a regular person who is giving tzedakah to the Talmud Chacham, they could also be compared to the soul and the body. The Talmud Chacham is the nefesh; the regular person who is less of a Talmud Chacham is the gulf. Like the comparison between Shabbos and the six days of the week. As it says clearly in the Zohar Hakadosh, Rabbi in speaking about Rabbi Shimon, and Shabbos the Kula Yoimi, that his students said to him, "You are the Shabbos compared to us. We are the six days of the week. You are the Shabbos." So therefore, through this charity that a person is taking their money and using it to feed or support a tamad chacham, this is an example of, of weakening the body against the nefesh. Again, we said that tamad chacham is the nefesh. The, the person who's giving the charity is the guf. And at the same time, by the person taking away from themselves, taking this money that they could have used for their body, and giving it to the tamad, giving it for tzadka, that's another example of taking away from the gulf and feeding the nefesh. Iker Hisavu Sanefesh Al Zeb. And therefore, one of the main ways that we elevate our nefesh is through this, through the tztaka, to a Chacham. As the Gemara stresses, the main reward, the main success of a fast, is the tztaka. One of the ways that people fulfill this is by taking the money that they would have spent on the meals that they could have eaten on the first day and they didn't eat that money that they saved, they give that money away to Tzedakah. However, the evil Esav, his intention was not at all to to be the and to become part of the kedusha, he did not want at all to submit himself to the to holiness. His only intention in bringing this food to his father was to trick him and for his own evil purposes, in order to fool his father and be able possibly to receive brachas from his father that he would use to satisfy his own materialistic desires, his own evil desires. And because Esau was constantly fooling Yitzchak, Therefore Yitzhak Avinu thought that by Esav now bringing his father food that he hunted for Yitzhak Avinu to eat, Yuchal l'haknia gufoi Hora will be able to to weaken, to destroy Esav's evil body, and to turn him into a Merkava for holiness, to turn him into something that can contain holiness. Because when a tzaddik eats food that was brought to him by an amoritz, that can enable the amoritz to do tshuva. That the amoritz should be converted from guf to nefesh, that the status of the amorets should change from being Amorets to being part of the Talmud Chacham. And actually becoming a Talmud Chacham. However, Rivka imenu heard all of this, and he and she was not willing to allow this at all whatsoever. Ki Because she really knew the evil, the extent of the evil of Esav. That he has no interest at all whatsoever in coming close to kedusha. merame He's only fooling his father. Alkenem therefore... If Esav were to receive the bruches from Yitzchak Deze, not only will Esav not become a vessel to contain holiness, this will make Esav stronger, and the guf, which is asav will overpower the nefesh even more. By asav drawing energy and power from holiness, from his father Yitzchak. Therefore, Rivka Yimeinu made every effort to see to it, to take away the bruches, that asav should not get the bruches, but rather, Yaakov Avinu should get the broches, ki Yaakov roil labrocha, because Yaakov Avinu is worthy of brocha, ki kol hishtadlusoi lahapechaguf lanefesh, because all of Yaakov Avinu's efforts are towards turning guf into nefesh, body into soul, She'zeo bechinaz brocha vechesed vechayim. That's the concept of blessing and kindness and life. Question in the chat. Can we explain what does it mean on a practical level to make the body subservient to the soul? A person still has to take care not only of the the body, but also of family which involves a lot of practical things. All of that is true, but a person could do all of those things focusing purely on the gashmius, on the materialistic, or a person could do all of those things in the form of mitzvah. I'm buying food for my children, I'm, I'm earning money to buy food for my children, so that my children will make brachas so that they'll acknowledge, they'll achieve recognition of Hashem through this food. And regarding the food that I buy, there's a big difference between the food that I buy for regular versus the food that I buy for Shabbos, or Yontif, or a Sudas Mitzvah. And my family will see that. They will see that. They'll know that there's regular food and there's Shabbos food, Yontif food, rib or clothing also, in everything that I do, in every move that I make, in Gashmias, I can show always that the ultimate purpose of this is Ruchmias. I'm buying clothing for my son so that he can go to cheder, he can go to school and learn, and, and of course the most important piece of clothing is the tzitzis, the beautiful tzitzis that he's wearing. and And again, that the focus on everything that I'm doing for the body is for the neshama. I'm exercising so that my body will be in good shape. I'll be able to sleep less and spend more time learning Torah, get up early to go to shul, always focusing. Everything I'm doing for the body, I'm keeping in mind the nefesh. what lessons in shalom bias can we learn from the story of Yitzhak and Rivka? Because it seems they were not synchronized and operating in two different uh, directions. The answer is, we could learn a lot of things from it. Number one, the Gemara says, "Itzach gutza." If your wife is short, bend down and listen to her. Meaning that there are times, there are times when it's important for a for a husband to listen to what a wife has to say. There are times when she could have an insight that he doesn't. Some of the should point out here. Rivka was, Yitzhak Avinu was raised in the house of Avram Avinu. Rivka was raised in the house of Lavan and Besuel. She had much more experience living with Rishon, super Rishon. So she was able to recognize in Esav more easily who this guy was and what his potential was for good that he had zero potential for good, that he was only a a gangster, a murderer, the the worst of the worst, and to do everything possible to block him from getting the brachos. So again, the Torah is showing us here that there's a time that here, just like in the case of Avram Avinu, when Sora Imenu expressed her terrible negative feelings towards Hagar, and Avram Avinu was disturbed by this. Avram Avinu, on one hand, didn't want any machloikis. Here, Hogar made a sacrifice. She was the daughter of a king. And and her father said, Better that she should be a servant in the house of Avram Avinu than a princess in his house. They knew that Avram Avinu was very special. And here, Soro is, is wants to get rid of her and everything. So Avram Avinu felt a little bit about it. The Torah says, How peep shot. And Hashem said to Avraminu, Don't worry. Listen to Soro. Watch what she's saying. Because in a certain, certain respect, her Nevoah, her level of nevuah regarding this thing was higher than his. So we see that there are times like this. And this is why, when Yitzhak Avinu tells Aesop to go out and hunt and bring him food, Yitzhak Avinu says, And the Midrash says, that Yitzchok HaVinu said to Esav, "Bedoik sakincha Check your knife carefully and shecht properly, so that you won't be feeding me nevela, food from an animal that wasn't slaughtered properly." And we know in this chapter of Likut Ram that we're dealing with in this whole halacha chapter thirty-seven, Rabbi Nezal has a major piece about shechita. Because, as Rabbeinu Zal explains there, through a proper kosher shchita we elevate the nefesh that's in that animal from the status of chay to the status of medaber. Shehi This is another example of elevating the nefesh over the guf as is explained very thoroughly over there in chapter 37 of the Imran, regarding who shecht properly or who, who don't shecht properly. I and take a look over there in Torah Lamed Zion. V'alkein, me'achah she'kavonas Yitzchak because of the fact that Yitzchok Avinu's intentions were pure, haguf, in order to weaken the body and el in order to weaken the negativity in esav, and hopefully thereby allow esav to enter into the kedusha, alkain his hero sheyishchaytiyofa. That's why Yitzhak Avinu warned Esav: Make sure you shecht properly, Kali oila Because, as Rabbi Nassau explains there in Likutim that's one of the ways that a person elevates the nefesh, to adam. I heard. I didn't hear my Rabbi Rav Rosenfeld himself speak about this, but I heard that he learned shchita when he learned yoredeya Shulchan he learned shchita and his Rebbe, Rebbe Avram took them to a slaughterhouse to watch exactly how it's being done and everything. I heard that one of the things, one of the comments that was made, I believe it was Rebbe Avram who took them, was he said that when you're looking at the Shechitim here, remember, it's not the beard that shechits, it's the knife that shechits meaning just because somebody has a longer beard or a shorter, don't, don't assume that he's a better shaykhit. Check the knife. Look carefully to see if the shaykhit knows how to prepare a knife for shaykhitah and if he knows how to check it afterwards, etc. And I heard that afterwards, Rav Rosenfeld made a decision not to be a shaykhit. And it had to do a little bit with what Rabbi writes and we could Imran here. In this chapter 37, that, that shechting, Rabbeinu there says, that if a person doesn't shecht with real yiras and with all the proper, proper kavanos, then it's like taking a, an old man, an old Jew, and grabbing him by the beard and slitting his throat. Rabbeinu gives an incredible warning that a sheuchet better make sure to have a lot of yiras and make sure when he's doing it that he has the right kavonahs, etc., Now, interestingly, Rav Nosenzhal goes into a beautiful explanation of what goes on when a person has a yard site for a parent. It's that we're learning this now. I myself right now am in the year for my mother and, and in the shloshim for my father. And one of our close friends is in the shloshim for his mother who passed away recently. Here, Rav Nosenzhal defines what takes place on a yard site and why Paragraph Yud Gimel, Mashem. <laughs> yes, a question? A, a go question. Ahead. question. Rav Nosen Zal has, has continued to go into extensive detail in terms of the whole union of this, his Hapchus, there, Guf to Nefesh. Is there some haven in his he's having in his mind? He's answering a very, very big question. With proofs and patterns of setting up this whole parallel, what 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 is behind him in motivating? Is there is there, is there a big philosophical background that people are opposing this whole transformation process that he that he's dealing with? Or? The answer is that this is a tremendous emphasis throughout all of Rav forum, Rav forum, Sifrei Chassidei, Sifrei Kabolo that there are many Jews, especially when a person becomes a Baal that the attitude is, wow, I wish I didn't have a body. I wish I could just be a Malach. I wish I could just fly. I wish I didn't have to eat. I wish I didn't have to drink. I wish I didn't have to sleep. Could you imagine how much more I could learn and do mitzvahs and everything? And Rabbein Sal and Rabbein and the Torah teach us that what makes us so special and so important, the most important being in the entire creation, where all of creation is created for the sake of man, is specifically because we are a combination of body and soul, guf and neshama, and we have the ability to convert guf into neshama, guf into nefesh. That's what makes us so special, and that's what gives our nefesh the ability to be much, much higher than the angels. We're spiritual and they're spiritual. They're spiritual and they don't have any baggage. So logically, of course, they're on a higher level than us. Yes and no. They start out on a higher level. But a tzaddik who is to work on himself and make his gulf into that tzaddik goes much, much higher than angels because of the fact that we have this ability... To convert guf to nefesh. Thank you, very much. So this is a very important Yesoid in Yiddishkeit in life. To know that the, the body is a friend. I have to make him a friend. How? The only way this relationship, this relationship cannot work through equal rights, through democracy. That the, the goof, sometimes the guf is in charge, sometimes the nefesh. No, no, no. Even when we're dealing with bodily functions, our kavana is nefesh. Always nefesh, nefesh. Paragraph Yud Gimel. Based on what we're learning in this halacha, we'll be able to understand the custom that some people have to fast on the yard site of a parent, a father, or a mother. Because this is one of the ways of elevating the soul of the parent who passed away as a result of the fast of the child. Because as we stressed in the previous shiurim, Fasting is one of the major, major things that elevates the soul because, again, we're not putting delic into the body. We're, abs- we're refraining from giving energy to the body. The body gets no food, so the soul is able to soar much higher. Kibro mezake abo, because the Gemara says a child has the ability to help a parent. Alkane. As a result of the children fasting, and we said the process of fasting is weakening the body over uh, under the soul, beneath the soul. This brings about a major elevation for the soul of the parent to be able to soar higher and higher. And this also explains why one of the things that we do to honor a parent that passed away and to help them is that there should be the study of Torah for them, learning Mishnayis, learning Gemara, learning any Torah, and having in mind that it should be to elevate the soul of the parent. Kihat haTorah Torah is because, as we learned earlier, as Rabbi Nazal shows here the the Torah is nefesh. And all of the Torah that their children study and reveal to the world, especially if they're revealing new ideas in Torah, this elevates and reveals the light of the souls of those parents in a tremendous way. And this brings about a major elevation to the nefesh of the parents that gave birth to this child. It's possible that the previous line where he says, Yeah, I think that's also still referring to the parents. I believe so. As Rabbi Nezal says this clearly at the end of chapter 37 that we're involved in, al-divrei Rabbi regarding the wording in the Gemara, he zoharu b'vnei amoretz shemehem teitzei toira. The Gemara warns, be careful not to push aside children of parents who are not necessarily Chachamim, because sometimes those children will study toira. They will become Chachamim. Rabbi Nezal shows there that there are times when the child of an Amorite specifically has a very high level nefesh. And we don't know the beauty of that nefesh through any other way other than its Torah. When that child is learning Torah or teaching Torah. I remember growing up, in elementary school, in Yeshiva Torvadas, in, in America, in New York, one of my rabbis who was ex- exceptional, his name was Rabbi Mitnick, Rabbi Yosef Yisrael Mitnick, who taught in Yeshiva Torvadas Elementary School, and Hashem did an unbelievable kindness for me, that I had this Rabbi for three years. It's not that I got left back twice, they bumped him up. I had him in fifth grade, then I had him again in seventh grade, and again in eighth grade. I can't imagine any reason for this other than Hashem knew that I needed this Rebbe. And he was incredible in many, many ways. One of the things that he did for us as his students was he would share a little bit of his personal life to to bring us close. And his father, his father was a peddler. His father, I believe, was a Holocaust survivor. came to America, didn't have any major, major education to become some kind of professional. So he was a peddler, simple, earned a simple living, and sent his kids to yeshivas. Both my rebbe and his brother, his brother was one of the important rebbees in Yeshiva Chaim Berlin at the time, and he was one of the important rebbees in in and I remember when we made a siyam, when we finished learning a Perak of Gemara, I believe it was el or Hamafkim, he organized a suda, a beautiful suda for the class, of fleshik meal. In those days, I'm talking about 50, 55 years ago, or 60 years ago approximately, and and he invited his father to the suda, and it was clear that his father wasn't a Talmud Chacham, and yet the son must have taught thousands of students. He was a Rebbe for many years in Yeshiva Torah Vadas, then he taught in other places, and at one point he left teaching because he couldn't afford it. The salary he was getting, he couldn't support his family, so he was selling life insurance for a couple of years. And then I heard he gave it up, he went back to teaching because he couldn't exist without teaching Torah. This was the love of his life, so much, in such an incredible way. And again, to see this, to see a parent who was a certain way and a student who was a Rebbe, who taught thousands of tomidim how to learn Gemara, he was fantastic. At the end of the day, he would teach us in the morning, you know, for a couple of hours, and sometimes he would show us the collar of his shirt, that it was soaked from sweat, because when he taught, he put all of his energy into teaching. He would teach with such intent, he wouldn't scream at the top of his lungs, didn't have to scream, But he put, the Pesach says, His whole body, from head to toe, was in the words he was speaking to us, explaining the Gemara to us, and teaching us all about Yiddishkeit, every aspect of Yiddishkeit. I remember this was a Rebbe, who on the report card, on a standard report card, it has quite a number of things, but he added some of his own things. He added, number one, conduct, you know, and he heard it also, he would check the, the nails and ears of the students. If, they had, if, you had, if your ears were clean, sometimes a, a student didn't clean their ears or a parent forgot to do it, and the student couldn't hear the shear or something, and it wasn't because they, weren't li- they couldn't hear. Or again, the importance that Torah puts on nails, how delicate it is, the process of cutting one's nails, he would check that and certain other things. And again, whenever he gave a report card, on report cards there's a field for comments, most teachers ignore that, that by him, each comment that he wrote to the parents to explain exactly how their child was doing in the class, his whole heart was into it. I still have some of those report cards, I believe, where you could tell he wanted so much for the parent to understand exactly how the good that the student was doing and anything that needed to be repaired. This Gemara Hezaro Mebnei Hamoretz Shemehem Taitse Torah. And now we understand also the custom of the name of the Rebbe was Rabbi Yosef Yisrael Mitnik. (coughs) His neshama should have an aliyah. And now we also understand the custom that we do at a yard site or when we visit the kever of a parent, where we light a candle on their behalf, Liwe Nishmasam, Kihanefe Shibachinas Oirkanal, <Hebrew> because the soul is compared to light. There's a posuk mer eloikim <speaking> nishmasodom. <in> the gamha toira nikresoyer and the toira is called light. Kama Shakosuv Ner Hashem Nishmasodom. Vikosov kinair <speaking in> mitzva the <Hebrew> toira oer. This is the concept of elevating the soul of that parent from darkness to light. And based on this, we will also understand the Kaddish that's said on the day of the Yortzite or that's said throughout the entire year after a parent passes away. Shemagdilin k'void Hashem if you look at the words of the Kaddish, it doesn't say anything about parents. It's all speaking about how great Hashem is. Ki <speaking in Hebrew> Because our main mission in this world is to show respect and to elevate the honor of Hashem. Ki nivra bishvil kvoidoi. Because everything was created for Hashem's honor. The And Kovoid is the source of all souls. All souls originate from the Kise Hakovoid, from the throne of Hashem. The Rabbi Bamaimar as speaks about this over there in the beginning of chapter 37. Because as it says in the Zohar Kodesh. Moshe Rabbeinu once said that you want to know the purpose of creation? It's three words. Begin the yishtamoidoi in lei so that people will achieve recognition of Hashem. Come, and as it says in a Pesach in hanikra bishmi v'lichvoidi berosev yitzatev Everything in the world, Hashem says, has my name on it. I'm the one who made it. And it was all created for my kavoyi. V'chein besoif ha'maymar, and Rabbi Yitzhak also speaks about this at the end of chapter thirty-seven. Shavishvil zed b'nei that this is the reason why we have to treat children from an Amhoretz with respect, so that the soul will yearn to connect with its source, shehu Kovoid, which is Kovoid. The iker Hakovoid he kvoidashem is and the real covoid is Hashem's kovoid. Because when a Jewish soul is privileged to show respect to Hashem, to Hashem's great name, Ze iker Kovoit shel Hanefesh, that brings about the greatest respect for that soul. Bibchinas, as the posek says, HaShem says, those who show respect to me, I will give them respect. So the way that the Nefesh receives Kavod is by showing respect to Hashem. And this is why the sons recite Kaddish and we thereby sanctify and elevate and show tremendous respect to Hashem's great name and this elevates and, and infuses major respect into the soul, into the soul of the parent on whose behalf is the person is saying Kaddish and into the soul of the person who is saying Kaddish. And this causes that soul to want to become part of its source, the Kis Yaakovim. And this also reveals the light of the Nefesh and this causes the nefesh and the torah to be elevated over the body. And and this is what elevates the soul of the father or the mother to, to great heights. Because this, the reciting of the Kaddish, the lighting, the candle, the fasting, all of these things, enable the souls of the parents to rise up in the form of Mayan They become like these female waters which are needed as a preparation to bring about a heavenly union. Bechinas, as the Zohar Kodesh says, chazi bro ko'asina lekamoch. The angels say to Hashem, look and see how, in, in, in what beauty your son is coming before you, your child is coming before you, as a result of the elevation of the nefesh through the Torah, through the mitzvahs. And therefore, it's an incredible major benefit to the soul of a parent, a father, or a mother, when their sons are to bring forth new revelations in Torah. Kimavur of the Zohar Kodesh, as the Zohar Kodesh speaks about this. The Zohar Kodesh speaks about how Hashem in heaven gathers all the Malachim together and the Neshomos of other tzaddikim and they place crowns on the heads of the souls of the parents when their son is revealing, is, is teaching chidu true chidu shei toira. And Rav says, as I heard clearly from Rav regarding this, and this appears in chapter 105 in the second half of Likud Imran, that when a Talmud Chacham is Zoyche, to bring forth new ideas, new explanations, new revelations in Torah, This brings about an incredible benefit to the souls of the parents. Because one of the most powerful ways of revealing the light of the soul is... By new new revelations in Torah, can move on hamaim ranal, As Rabbein Azal speaks about this at the end of that chapter 105 in the second half of Likutei Moran. I've mentioned this in the past that Rabbeinu Zal asks in a different place in Likutei Halachas. But one moment, how many people are on the level to be machadeish in Torah, to be able to bring forth new explanations? and new revelations in Torah. Rab Nassim Zal says, therefore, eat those people who are not on that level to bring forth new revelations in Torah, if their attitude when they're learning Torah is that the Torah is brand new every day, they study the Torah with that newness, with that freshness, and they, they believe that every time I learn Torah, I'm going to see new things in it. It's going to give me new inspiration, new ma- motivation, that's also considered Chidushay Torah. And that could also have this major benefit on the neshamos of the parents. Any questions, please? We'll hold it over here for now. Now, Rabnosazal is going to go back to the topic of cutting the omer and give us one final fabulous explanation regarding all aspects of this mitzvah, how special it is, what it accomplishes, and tie it in beautifully with all the different points that Rabbi Nassau makes there in chapter 37 of Likud Imran. Starting in a week today, Sunday, Yom Rishon B'Shabbes, there's a war going on in Eretz Yisrael. there's a war going on in the entire world between the Guf and the Nefesh. (coughs) There are people screaming, marching, in Washington, in front of the White House, screaming death to the Jews, death to Israel, Rahman <laughs> al free Palestine. The, the Sheker is, is trying to be Mizgaber on in an incredible way. However, we should be Zorchet to play our role in putting an end to all of this and bringing about the Gula Shlema, the coming of Moshiach, to bring in the may okay. amen, amen, Is Yes. You asked a question about Reb Rosenfeld. He said that Reb Rosenfeld decided not to be a, a shochet. Yes. Uh, I would I would understand if somebody might say to themselves, "Well, I'm, I'm the only one who can verify that I have enough yiras shamayim, so I'm going to be a shochet. I'm not going to eat anyone else's shkita." How did Reb Rosenfeld do with that? There are people like that. There are people like that, that feel that probably I'm the best person. Probably I'm the greatest Euras shamayim. And I'd rather trust myself than trust anybody else, you know, in Shechting Me. He obviously didn't feel that way. Again, I didn't discuss this with him, unfortunately. I didn't hear it from him. I I don't remember. I, I remember hearing about it somehow that he was afraid. He was afraid. Remember, this was in his 20s. We're talking about when he was learning, when he had learned Fesmicha in his early 20s, I believe. And again, he learned Likute Maran, and if you take a look at chapter 37 of Likute Maran, and you see the wording that Rabbein Zal uses, there, there's an expression that there are certain mitzvahs that a person shouldn't run to do. They should better leave it to somebody else. But what do you mean? What if I know that I can do it better? The answer is sometimes a person, that that could be true. There are times when a person could do it better and should do it themselves. The Gemara says, mitzvah boy, yoysemi bishluchoi, There is such an expression. It's brought that Avram Avinu was, in a sense, punished because he said to Yishmael, yukach no ma'atmayim. This was the Torah portion that we read yesterday, the beginning of Vayera, where he said, let water be brought for our guests. He should have brought it himself, that asking somebody else to do it was a chisorim. There are times that there's that concept, that it is better to do it yourself, and there are times that it's better to shy away from certain things, certain mitzvahs, even though it's a mitzvah that must be done, etc. But a person could have important reasons why they're hesitant, they prefer let somebody else do it, not me. Again, unfortunately, I didn't speak to him, I didn't hear it from him. could be that there's other issues, other reasons or other clarification as to why he didn't do it. My Rabbi Reb Michal, Reb Michal Dorf, was a shaykhite in Russia. He learned shaykhite. He said his father was the, was the rabbi in charge of the shaykhite in the city when he was a child. And his father taught him Yerodeah as a child. And he remembers as a kid, his father having him put his hand inside the lung of a behemoth to check for sirchis, to check for any membranes, anything like that. He was learning it at that age. Then afterwards, when he came to Uman, he learned Yerodeah, the first chelik of Yerodeah, with Rebbe Lechaim Rosen, Zechon They spent one winter, the nights, learning Yerodeah together, and Rebbe L'Yichayim told him at the end, you, your father will be able to have pride in you from your Yerodeah. Like, you know, they, they did it really, really well, learned it well. And Rabbi Michel did shecht when he was in Russia, when he was in Ukraine and Russia, However, I heard when he came to Eretz Yisrael, he brought the knives with him and he sold it to another sheikh, A person who was a Sheikh here, a breast of a sheikh. I believe he sold it to him or he gave him those sheikh the knives that here in Eretz Yisrael, he didn't want to deal with it anymore. Keep in mind, when he arrived in Eretz Yisrael, he was in his 60s, approximately 60 years old. So again, could be there were different reasons why he didn't want to continue doing that. A wonderful day and a good week to everyone.